Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. My loves and my darlings, if you haven't already heard of the great Amanda Seals, I'm almost jealous of you because you get to discover this amazing body of work that she has in the world. You get to listen to her podcast, Small Doses, for the first time, and that is a fucking treat. If you don't live under a rock and you already know who Amanda Seals is, then she really needs no introduction. She is an activist, a comedian, a podcaster, a singer, an actor, and the creator of Smart, Funny, and Black. If you haven't already subscribed to her podcast, just just do yourself a favor and do it right now. What you're about to hear is part two out of a two-part series of The Side Effects of Woo, a fantastic conversation that I had with Amanda Seals, and I'm totally confident that you're going to enjoy it. I genuinely feel like for a lot of organized religion, there's this idea that you need us in order for you to connect to God. Yes. And so to empower folks to have their own um, faculties and be able to utilize them and their own guides and their own spirits, it would almost be in the, against the best interests of religious factions that seek to control. It's bad for business. Let's just call it what it is. It's just bad for business. It's bad for business for people who menstruate to be able to say, oh, my period's being weird and I know what that means. You know, it's bad for business for people to be able to listen to to our bodies and respond to our bodies as though they are intelligent. Mm. It's bad for for like spiritual business and often for kinds of medical business. And I'm very yeah. pro-science, very pro-science, very pro-vaccine, very, I feel like it's important that I say this because of the work I do. Um, but, but, you know, it's, it's bad for all of these businesses for people to have confidence in our own connection to this body and this life being part of a larger path. You know, we are all, in my view, kind of like this divine thread in a tapestry. We are connected to each other. We are connected to the earth. Of course, we are connected to all that is living. And there is something really humbling about that and really empowering about that. And it means something different for different people and at different stages of life as it's meant to. But what I personally tend to reject is people saying it's impossible for a planet to affect a human, or it's impossible for you to know the future because, oh, that's where we started talking about sci-fi because you were like, how can a person know what's coming next? And this is where, as a medium, so I talk to dead people, right? And what I've learned from that- Wait, can I ask you real quick? Yes. Is it as basic as someone just telling you someone's name and then you just tap in and like they pop up? And then sometimes (laughs) is it like, oh, they're not here today? Excellent questions. I've trained my guides. So my guides and I've worked it out over the course of the last like 15, 16 years um, that I, I try to only see dead people when I get a name. And I do that because my life was really awful when I I was just being constantly bombarded by dead people. It's just not, nobody wants that. I can assure you, nobody wants that. So right now, like the, the like structure that I have that is usually works is I require a name and I don't talk to dead people unless, um, Unless I know them, unless I'm like, you know, they're connected to someone somehow. Um, of course, with COVID, that's been different. 
I think uh, mediums are having a little bit of a hard time because there's a lot of dead people and a lot of people dying terrified and alone. Um, not to bring the vibe down, but that's no. Real. I mean, yeah. this is your existence. Yeah, it's. it's I mean, real. in in that, do you? I mean, this might be like extra, like woo, woo ex, like AP woo woo. But um, <laughs> when you're speaking to a deceased person, mm-hmm. are you speaking to? Or what do you, what do you believe you're speaking to? Like, is it the energy that left somebody's body? Is it a soul? Like I had someone tell me the other day that she has a friend who spoke to a medium who speaks to the souls of babies. And and the person said that, you know, this medium told her like that when she had, she had had a miscarriage, she had, she was pregnant with twins and had a miscarriage and that that medium had told her um, that she was speaking to the souls and the souls were like, yeah, we didn't come because we didn't want to be twins. And so that's why we left. And mm-hmm. the woman subsequently ended up having two kids. Um, Separate kids. But she had been pregnant. She, I mean, she had suffered, like she couldn't get pregnant forever. Yeah. And then she finally got pregnant. With the, so I say all that to say, you know, what do you feel like you're speaking? Yeah. So first and foremost, I should say, you, the way you're framing it is really important. And I agree with it. It's what I, what I believe I am experiencing because no living human can know what happens after we die. And I want to just like hold space for that. Um, And that different mediums, we're interpreting what we're experiencing and we're interpreting it through the lens of our beliefs. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so that's important to acknowledge. And in, in my experience, I am talking, I mean, there's like a lot of things that can happen. So I will talk to dead people. So that is me speaking to dead people who are in spirit form they're they're in soul form but they're still connected to their personhood in this life in this body but this is where it kind of ties into prediction in a weird way because there is no there there when you lose the body yeah there's no more time there's no more there's no more place there's no physical location in the spirit world. I know we like to envision clouds and fire, yeah, yeah. but that, those are just, they're, they're constructs so that we can wrap our minds around it. It's so, the ether. Yeah, it's the ether. It's, it's, there is no there there. So time is irrelevant because there is, time is a physical measure to a ladybug, to a cat, and to you versus to me, time is a different thing. So as humans, we experience time generally speaking the same. But I can tell you, I have some friends that are late for everything. I'm early for everything. Our experience of time is different, you know? And for my cat, who is going to live maybe 16 years, 19 years, uh, his Days experience of time is different. different. Correct. Yeah. Yes. So that said, I have, because I've been doing this work for so long, I have talked to, I'm, I'm thinking of one client as an example. She came to me, I don't know how many years ago, like 17 years ago, for to connect with her dead mother. Her mother had died like months earlier. And this woman was very material. Like she gave the most specific, one of the like best stories I have is like very specific advice about what to do. And my client did it and it was all accurate. I, I can tell the story if you want, but but before I do, I'll just say, um, now when I talk to my client, and I speak with her dead mother, her dead mother is no longer in her personality form. I've watched her and I've had the, the privilege of being able to see how we can, how we evolve. And what, when, as we evolve and we become more whole, what happens is we are less like our personalities. 
And so for the living, we don't feel our lost loved ones as much when they're in a state of wholeness, because being human is really very much about being in a state of separation. It's a state of duality. You know, I begin and I end here. My body is me. And the reality is, from my perspective, our bodies are not where we begin and end. Our bodies are, you know, they're this ship and we're, we're stuck in the ship for X amount of years, but we exist outside of that. So the thing about um, what am I talking to? It depends on who I'm talking to. Some people are very fucking attached to their personalities and they're the same. And some people, you know, really go into a state of wholeness. And then it's like communicating with a being, like a, a spiritual being and less like talking to a person. And then I'll also add, um, and feel free to hit me with as many questions because I know it's weird to me. It's not, but in general, I know it's it is. It's not weird. It's just new. It's right, right, right. AKA weird, right? All of it. But I will say when I see a dead person and when I hear a dead person and when I talk to a dead person, it's never with my vocal cords, my ears, or my eyes. And this is again where language fools us because I can talk to a dead person and describe what they look like and start kind of taking on some of their affectations and talk about their nature. And you know I want to ask you. And I'm like, sure. no, you can't. <laughs> So now I have to set up another reading with you. Exactly. exactly. We'll, we'll, like, we'll, we'll do that. We'll do that. But it's, it's this thing that happens where it's like they used to pop into my body and that is very uncomfortable and I don't enjoy it, but it's the quickest way to get the most data. Do you know what I mean? So like ghost, like straight up, like Molly, you in danger girl. Okay. No, luckily no slash a little. Yes. More like fuck, let me think of a good metaphor. More, it's not that literal as it was in Ghost. It's a little bit more like, fuck, some episodes of Supernatural maybe? I don't know. It's hard to say. Like the, the it, and I think it's also different for different mediums. Yeah. But for me, okay, I did this event at a spiritualist church. I don't, do you know what a spiritualist church is? No, okay. that's, that seems like an oxymoron to me. I, it, okay, so get ready. So spiritualism started in the early 1900s. It's a church of mediums. They believe that we can communicate with the dead. And the, there are spiritualist churches all across the U.S. And um, there's an amazing history of, of, they have a really progressive set of values and, and a great history. But I did an event at, I never thought as a Jewish person, I'd be standing at the pulpit of a fucking church, but I did it twice. Um, so I, I did these events where there was like all these people in the church and I would just like read for whoever I felt. And um, the, the way that I would get the information is I would start, somebody would like come into my body and I would feel it. And then I would describe what I was seeing. Does that make sense? Does he want to come in? Yes. Okay. Wanna... So mm -hmm. the energy. Well, yeah. I mean, that's how I that's how I felt it when you were describing it. That it's not yes. a it's not a person right. using your eyes and your mouth. Not at all. Not it's at all. An, like an essence. Yeah. And you know, if you die an asshole, you're a dead asshole. You know. And I think that that's an important thing for me to say. This is the type of stuff that, like, I know my listeners. I feel like particularly black women mm -hmm. have become way more open to just the, to, to um, n expanding the boundaries of what spiritual yeah. really yeah. means than like a lot of other folks. Like in recent memory, it feels like I remember a time when it was like Jesus or not. Nah, and 
there's absolutely like when I hear like it's common knowledge now that like people got crystals, people got yeah. Um, people using salt and pepper, people are, you know, connecting, people are doing tarot. Like this is, it's a, it's a really big, it's a big cultural change. And I think it has a lot to do with accessibility, which is like the internet made these things accessible and people are like tools that I don't need to lean on anyone that I can do for myself. Yes. And that's where, that's where I'm a huge fan of the internet and part of why I'm obsessed with net neutrality because we need accessibility for self-care. And I have to say, I actually think Trump has something to do with all of this because so many activists and so many people have become so burnt out as soon as he was elected. They were like instantly burnt out. And so there is a way that spirituality and activism and survival became more, like came more to the fore. And I've seen just in these past four or five years and I, I say four or five because the whole fucking time he was running was torture as well. Yeah. Um, this is this is where so many people are just like actually whether we're you more people are using these tools or they're more out about it. I don't know. Like it's hard to know. Yeah. No. I I definitely feel like people are not only are they using them more, not only are they more out about it. People are more like curious about yeah. like are there more tools? Yes. And the answer is yes. This is the thing I, I want to say that's really kind of like, it's connected to the dead people. It's connected to the astrology. It's connected to all of this, which is doing energy work. Is You don't have to be divine. You don't have to be perfectly healthy. Mm-hmm. Doing energy work is simply getting really present, practicing getting present and not being distracted mm-hmm. and feeling yourself and working with that, with how it feels. It's I want to say it is not complicated. It doesn't make it easy, but it's not complicated. And because it's accessible, accessible, and because it's um, it's useful, I just want to encourage lots of people to do it, but to do it in such a way where you are not giving up your power to any one person, because we're also living in a time with what this term I've just recently lear- learned, which is con spirituality and like with Q and all of this like propaganda and all of this wow. like slippery slope spiritual stuff yeah. that, that it's like, I think it's really important to not replace some repressive insti- religious institution with some like guru-like figure. I don't know if the word guru yeah, is appropriate, yeah, yeah. but like some figure who's like, you know, uh, you need to listen to me. I like free stuff. You like free stuff. And that is why if you're an iOS user, you can go over to the app store and get my free app, Tiny Spark. It's just like a little quickie tool to use to resource your intuition. I love it. It's cute and it's super accurate. Download Tiny Spark to your iOS device. It's free and in the App Store. I've actually been really surprised. I, I'm on that app Clubhouse. It's like social media where you just talk. Mm-hmm. Have you been on it yet? I was on for approximately 45 minutes <laughs> and I took my leave. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I, I, I love talking. So for me, it's really fun, but I am shocked at how many women organize themselves in a room with a man speaking and they just listen. And they just listen. Oh, I'm just like, what is this? I mean, also like as a podcaster, I'm like, how are this many men in the top of podcasting? Who's listening to men still? Is that weird? <laughs> I just, I'm shocked. Like I literally say this out loud almost every week. I don't understand. Like I thought we'd move beyond that. Wildly effective. 
And I think for a lot of women, particularly in the relationship area is where it shocks me the most. Because I feel like, I mean, I get the logic of like, if you want a man, listen to what men want. I can understand how that math would make sense for a Mm -hmm. lot of women who are looking to date a cisgendered heterosexual man. However, quite often I'm like, yeah, but you wouldn't even date this person who's (laughs) talking right now. And I think a lot of women for what, for all of the purposes, it's like, you know, when you're so sick, like you've been, like you've had a, even if it's just a cold, like you've just had a cold for so long that you're like, I'm never going to breathe out my nose again. I'm never, I'm never going to breathe out. And by so long, I mean like four days and you're just like, I'm never going to breathe out my nose again. And then people could tell you anything. People could tell you like, listen, this is what you should do. Get the skin of a frog boil it, put a paper clip in it, shake it up, put it in a jar, put it under your bed, let it there, sit there for 24 hours and then drink it. It'll go away. And you're like, I'll try it. Anything. Yeah. That's what I feel like is yeah. going on with a lot of the women that we see in these rooms. It's like anything. And so that's why I love, I wanted to do this episode and introduce folks to you. And even just the concept of how we do have more tools because I feel like one of the biggest sacred purposes for for lack of a better explanation that I have attached myself to is really trying to teach others and remind myself of the fact that like we have it in us. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Yes. It we have it in us and it's great to ask for help and it's great and it's great to like lean into the support that we have access to. Slash also I think it's really important to know that you are kind of a captain of your own ship. You, you do have it in you. Of course you do. And this is where, also, just as a quick aside, I'm like, don't listen to straight men. Listen to lesbians. We know everything about dating women you need to know. And we don't have the same bullshit. So just, I'm just, I just had to throw that in the mix. Because the thing about, the, the, this is the thing. My issue is that if you're going to listen to straight men, listen to them talk about themselves. Sure. Yes. Don't listen to them tell you how you should be. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. That's Weird. the lesson because you because you're like because if you listen to these men talk about themselves, you can make really more informed decisions about your expectations. You know yep. about um, who you don't want to be around. Right. And, 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 you know, kind of like where the bar is for, I guess that's expectations again. Cause that's the thing. I think when I see Steve Harvey write a book telling women what they should be like, I'm like, who the fuck? Thank you. Thank you. And he's not the only one. He's one of many, 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 many. And that isn't, on its own, what's shocking to me, what's shocking to me is that women buy those books and read those books and listen. And I just feel, I, I mean, I'm not mad. There's all kinds of people that can live all kinds of lives, but I just feel like we, with all we know about men, there's just still a very, <laughs> but I know particularly within the black women community, there's still a very strong influence from Christianity as a religious space, mm-hmm. not as a spiritual space, but Christianity as a religious space yeah. that still places men and and whatever they're sharing as higher in value and a lot of us don't admit it to ourselves because we don't want to co-sign that but a lot of us have been like I can tell you 
my mom had been conditioned to host men mm-hmm. so that if her, if my uncle is there or if my father is there or if a friend is there, she has to be a host in a way that I had never seen her behave <laughs> with other people. And it's not to say that she wasn't a host to my friends or to, but, but with them, it was very different. It was, right. more, um, I would even add, I would even add the adjective, a silent host, you know, like yep. with my friends and with her, her friends, it's more so like, Hey, what do you want? Da, 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 da. With them? It's like, mm-hmm. please, please, sir. Uh, whatever you like, sir. And I was like, who the fuck is this? And I remember being 15 and seeing my mother do that with my father and saying no more. And you said her, that to her. Yes. Mm, and saying to her like I came in my room and was like okay so this is done this is a wrap because I had seen her sit behind Mm -hmm. my father as he conversed with me about some shit he had no place to converse and I was like oh she doesn't even realize it Mm -hmm. like because she because this is a Caribbean this is a yeah yeah a leftover thing so I think a lot of women you know they just kind of are we we are kind of conditioned in that way. And then what I love about the work that you do and that has been, you know, becoming more available to us is it helps to not just challenge those paradigms, but then give like realistic solutions and ways to exist within it. That's my favorite thing. Realistic solutions, my favorite thing. I just, <laughs> I just is my favorite thing in the world is like, what's the cure? Like what's, what do we do? What's the, what's the correction? Yeah. Because it's, it's really, it's very hard when you live in a world to be like, I'm not going to listen to this kind of person. I mean, it's not, it's not realistic. It's not necessarily even wise, but it is important to recognize that, that we need to make sure we're, we're consuming balanced perspectives. And mm. if we're consuming the perspective of a person who they themselves are not balanced, ah. then that influences our minds and our hearts. And that's no good. And I'll also say to something that you said, just kind of like at the start of that, the church in general, but organized religion across the board right. has kind of created this, this like industry of morality mm-hmm. and industry of values. Yes. And an astrological fun fact is the planet Venus, which is like the woman symbol, right? It's like the, it's like the, that's the glyph for it. Um, is a planet that, yes, governs like prettiness and ladies and and relationships, but it also governs cash and values. And that's a really interesting thing because this thing that's attributed to women is actually values, what you value on a material level, but also like your value system. And I think that when seeking your own truth, your own voice, your own guidance, a really great first step and a, and a meaningful step to return to ritualistically is what do I value? What is it that I value in humans? What is it that I value in my behavior? What is it that I value in my life? And when we talk about values, there's a way that the Christian right has stolen the concept of values. Yeah. But the reality is most people have very few things we value, truly value. Mm-hmm. And everything that we choose ideally is a kind of... um. It's like a a reflection of what we value. And when our actions and choices reflect what we actually value, whether or not it aligns with astrology or the church or whatever the fuck else, then the mistakes you make and the problems you have are the ones you need to have. They're like healing helpful mistakes, healing helpful problems, Mm. as opposed to problems that 
break you down. And you're like, I already learned this. Why am I learning this again? I shouldn't have to go through this. Does that make sense what I'm saying? No, it does because, you know, okay. So I know there's a lot of us on here who are like, who have, let's just relate it to relationships, but I think it also relates to jobs, right? And you'll like get into a relationship and it is, even though the relationship may mirror like other people that you've been with that weren't cool, you went into it different. Mm -hmm. And so the outcome of it is different. Like I can tell you like my previous relationship was the first time that I went into something and I had like, I won't say it's the first time that I went into something and had like genuine love, but I let, I received this person differently than I have received Mm -hmm. others. And the outcome of it. I got, I, I came out better. I still had lessons. I had to learn lessons and go through ups and downs and, and difficult times, but it didn't break me in a way that with other situations, I feel like I was not loving them the same way. Yeah. Like I was kind of loving them through a different lens or I, and I, I mean, this is, this is the work that I do in therapy, but I just know, I like, I understood what you were saying in that context, because I've also like gone into different jobs like that, right? Like you go into a job that you didn't really want to do, but you're just like, I'm just trying to get this money. You're going to end up with shit that is going to fuck with you. Yes, inevitably. And this is like when dealing with family trauma, like family of origin trauma, the thing that I'm always finding myself saying to clients is we can't expect to change all of our family members. Like sometimes we can, but a lot of us cannot expect that. So what we can do if we want to maintain a relationship with them, because, you know, with with like a lover, with a date, you can just like break up with them and move on. But with your parents or your siblings, it's very fucking hard to do, right? You're stuck with them. Even if you never talk to them again, you're stuck with them. And so because of that, when we change our relationship to ourselves, our relationship to our trauma, and when we from that place of self-acceptance and self-love, we change our expectations of others, not to let them off the hook, but to give ourselves permission to see them clearly. When we make those subtle but profound internal changes, everything changes in the dynamic because you're no longer on a spiritual level or an emotional level playing your part in the dynamic. And it destabilizes the other person Mm. and they may double down, Mm. they may get worse, but it's not going to be the same if you're not the same because if you know there's some bullshit that happens in your family and you're just like you are different then what you'll do is you'll be like oh shit is that my phone i've got to go and you just go you know <laughs> my what I mean? favorite exit that i've learned is you'll have to excuse me like and it doesn't the first, beautiful simple like, graceful wait, you'll have to excuse me yes uh, i love or, uh, that someone i saw a meme where someone was like um I'll introduce you all to a South Carolinian way of exiting, uh, which is, well, I'm going to let y'all go. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to let you go. I Uh, love that. Can I tell you how many times in my head I hear blocked and blessed? Be blocked and be blessed. (laughs) Because I'm just like, I need to use that. I haven't used that in my life, but I feel like I'm at this place where it's just like, it's time because it's just like, just let it go. Just, it's really an important thing to do. But you know what I get from this conversation, I think, and it speaks to where we were talking about somewhat in the beginning about like how psychology and how psychology and astrology end up interacting. But so much of like 
what we're taught in therapy and in practice about how we create boundaries, et cetera, it is woo woo because it's about you protecting your energies and your spirit. And it can get delivered to you in like this very, um, I don't know, like clinical way, but ultimately it ends up being about how you're creating methods for the energy that exists in this body that you're in right now to, to be at its best fulfillment. Like that's essentially what it seems like when we talk about all these things, because we somehow got on a path that made perfect sense. We got on a path to like how we're creating realistic solutions and everything you're saying is like stuff that I've said on here, stuff that my therapist has said to me, et cetera. But you're coming from a perspective that is decidedly, spiritual based and energy based and it ain't no different it's no different it's no different it's i mean this is the thing is there's a million paths that'll take you to the same destination and you just need to find yours and this is you know people are always asking me like what do you say to the haters and i i mean there's nothing to say (laughs) you don't have to like what i do i don't like what you do we're fine like there's no need for us all to agree or all to see things the same way what i think is important is first of all, I have a therapist. I love therapy. I do not think that you know a therapist is the same as an astrologer. Even though I am very much a counselor in the way that I work, I'm, it's not the fucking same on a million levels. Yeah. Slash. Also, we do need to have a conversation about how um, the medical industry, including absolutely psychology, is deeply capitalistic, which yes. is white supremacist in origin. Right. We need to talk about how it is takes so many years and so much money and it's you it, it's a it's a problematic industry all in i mean astrology as an industry is problematic there's nothing that is not problematic in a problematic world but there's a way that we say it's okay to come to these ideas like we as a society say it's okay to come to these ideas through a psychologist it's okay to come to these ideas through a pastor a rabbi or whatever but it's not okay to come to them through my horoscope and this is you know it's like branding and the silification of self-determined spirituality um in my view and i think that there's there's room for us all to question things more and to be willing to look at our own assumptions and our own like judgments and prejudgments because because there are so many ways to get there there are just so many ways to get there the question is like are are you abandoning your common sense are you abandoning your self determination in those cases i would encourage somebody to pull back and really check in but mm-hmm. that can happen with a therapist that can happen with with somebody in institutionalized religion as much as it can happen with somebody in lawu like myself so it's it's good to be critical but open and i just feel like it's I feel like I wanted this episode to just help present to people just yet another set of tools. Cause it's also not like you have to have just one. It's not like, okay, I just do therapy and that's it. Or I just work out and that's it. Or I just do the woo and that's it. And it doesn't have to all be at the same time, but it's like, like, I know for me, sometimes I just don't feel like boxing. And so I'm trying to get my energy base and work with my energy in a different way. And that's when I'm able to like, now, now I've expanded to be able to use spiritual tools in a way that I just never was before. Yeah. You know? And then like, sometimes I'm just like not in the mood for therapy. Like I haven't talked to my therapist in a couple months 
she doesn't take it any kind of way because she's like, yeah, there's such a thing as too much therapy, you know? And then she's like, sometimes you that's get a good therapist. Out. That's a good therapist. And you know why I went, I started, I went back to her because the therapist I started going to while I lived in LA, she said to me, um, you know, my job is to determine whether to deal with something intellectually or emotionally. And your job is to go along with the ride. Mm. And I was like, that is actually incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) I would agree with you. That's, that's really weird. I've never heard that before. And this is the thing when people ask for obedience, I instantly recoil. And I think that there's a real value in being like, listen, I'm asking you to um, trust my expertise in this moment. But kind of what she said to you is you need to just follow my lead here in a way that a little bit is like you abandoning your kind of post at the helm, which I don't know. I, I could see how that works and I could see how that doesn't, but it's not for me in general. It, she literally was like the balance between intellect and feelings is hard to maintain at times, but we are making progress. We won't be able to sketch up the perfect recipe for how things should be. I'm adjusting our work based on the progress you're making, the goals we set and what I know about your past. My job is to direct the traffic between feelings and intellect so we can avoid crashes. Your job is to cruise and enjoy the ride. Mm, so interesting. It's like almost there, but then she really lost me at the end. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's the yeah. thing. It was yeah. like, wait, I don't want to enjoy the ride because you just went like it wasn't a three-wheel motion. You took us off the road. But this yeah. therapist I speak to now that I've been speaking to, she's in New York and we just do phone calls. Mm-hmm. She um, you know, and I think the other part of, about what I like about her too is that she also understands that there's these other tools yes and at a, yeah. at a very low point for me it she was like we need to expand your tool set beyond just talking to me just talking and like and i love that you box by the way i fucking love boxing it's the most cathartic and enjoyable thing in the world but talking and boxing I mean, they're not enough Th- this is the thing is like over the course of a life we need to do all the things to touch in on all of our sp- places and spaces and there's no shame in flexibility and adaptability well i gotta tell you i really like this has lived up to all of my hopes and dreams of an episode (laughs) me too slash also mate let it never end what'd you say let it never end let's talk for an ever never i because i i think what I what really drew me to you was how grounded you are in this thing that people try to act is so like just like I'm out here like whatever like oils like yeah I feel like you have a big career in front of you with that voice though I mean you know what I mean like you nailed the voice you nailed the voice it just like has become like you said like there's a commercial space around it that says like it's like when I was doing spoken word and it starts to become. Um, like, if you didn't deliver poetry <laughs> like this, then it is not poetry <laughs> as us. Like, but I don't, I don't want to. Like, I don't want to yeah. do it like that. Um, so, you know, thank you for, for giving us this point of view. And everybody who's listening, you know, like I said in the beginning of the pod, Jessica Lanieto can be listened to on her own podcast, uh, Ghost of a Podcast. And you do podcasts twice a week. And I commend you. I don't know how I do it. I'm tired. I love it, but I'm tired. Like, it's, listen, <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. And um, And so just 
also like, so can people book you for readings? Not as much okay. right now. Yeah. Not as much right now. I, you know, I did readings for my full-time living for 20 something years oh, wow. and yeah, for a very long time. And then at a certain point I was booking a year in advance, which sounds fancy, but it was awful because it meant I was always like scheduled in advance. Mm-hmm. Everyone was mad at me all the time. Yeah. Um, and it was just, it, it wasn't, there was no flow in it. You know what I mean? And so um, in 2019, of course, I saw what was coming for 2020. So I just decided to not take clients in 2020. So I've just been doing like- Really? Individual- you, yes. you, you saw it. You saw yeah. that it was going to be a shitstorm. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. I remember my, my astrologist was like, you know, I was at my Buddhist center and they were all being very positive. And then they came to me and said, Michelle, what do you see? And she was like, well, I hate to burst everyone's bubble. <laughs> yeah. It looks like celestial death weather. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, every astrologer worth their salt was like, sweet fucking Jesus, 2020. And it doesn't, the, the arc isn't in, I mean, it's not, it's not chill moving forward either. So it's, it's, we're in a time, you know, and within this is the opportunity for us stepping into our individual power in a way that makes us better people and a better society or the risk that we become more toxically individualistic. Right. And there's like an astrology to that. There's an astrology to why people are tapping into the woo because we need we need to believe there's something bigger happening and you know there is so imo so i think um yeah anyways all to say in 2020 i was like okay i can't because in 2019 every question people would ask i'd be like but you know there's like a war coming right like you 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 know that shit is is fucked up and getting worse and most of my clients were just like yeah but i still want to open you know brick and mortar so want to get married my, so- but i want to open my beignet shop Exactly. That is literally what happened. And I felt like an asshole. Like I felt, it made me feel really badly because I don't want to be putting shit in people's heads. I don't want to be like a doomsday predictor. It's not, there's no value in it. And at the same time, I was just like, I cannot in good conscience say, yeah, it's a great idea (laughs) because I saw things going so sideways. I mean, I have a friend who like had literally put everything together to open a beignet shop. And then the weekend before it opened, COVID was like, goodbye. Oh, no. And um, by the way, certain things that you predicted about me have already happened. I'm in the midst of them right now. Is that a congratulations or my condolences? Nobody knows. My condolences. Okay, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, um, (laughs) And um, like, I don't know what, I don't know. Okay, so I'm going to, I'm just for the sake of this, this is what I feel like folks have to do for this year and you let me know if you feel like it's on par. Okay. 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 I feel like we are at a time where particularly for, well, I think just for everybody, of course it's about going inside and all of that, but it's going to be about innovation. Yeah. Like we totally like, there's no, like when we say new normal, what that means is it's not what it was. Yes. Yes. So it's, it's a time of creation. And that doesn't just mean like as an artist, it literally means it being innovative about how you exist in this world. Mm -hmm. Like that to me, and as a business owner, yeah, that is like, I have an offsite with my team today and our, our like heading is how do we 
like continue to be innovative um, in how we bring community together. Yep. Yes, that's exactly it. Saturn squared Uranus all 2021. And what it means is that we need to create new structures. That's the thing. We talk about the new normal. Like you said, what the fuck is that? It's not normal. So we don't know. We have to create it. And the more we come together and we are community minded and values based, Mm -hmm. the more humane the changes will be. And the the thing that's so important about astrology, which I, I think is, you know, I, I know I'm like taking up all your time, so tell me to shut up at any time. But the thing that's so important is that astrology is a way of charting history. And we can see by looking back every time Saturn was in Aquarius, certain things happen around civil rights, banking regulations, mm-hmm. and people, uh, kind of how the people organize themselves in reaction to the powers that be. And so this is a time, because Saturn just moved into Aquarius, where we can create institutional changes, legislative changes. And that has everything to do also with businesses, right? Because we're in a capitalistic society and, and you know, money, money talks, right? And there's a way that we can make changes to that. We can we can force our agendas, but the problem is if we do it in the old way, it won't work. It won't work. It won't work. We have to innovate a new way, which is where the Trump administration, it's like th- there's this term, uncon- um, the unconscious perpetrator. You can look at your biggest asshole of an ex who taught you all these lessons about boundaries and self-love in the most painful way, and you never say thank you to them, but in your on a soul level, you can be like, this person was an unconscious teacher. They were unconscious perpetrator. They were, un- they were, or a conscious perpetrator and an unconscious teacher. Maybe that's the right way of saying it. And uh, I would say that what the Trump administration and all their fucking terrible people and terrible followers, what they did was they helped to not just radicalize a generation, but motivate people, yeah. motivate us to create change and to not wait for someone in power to do it. Yes. And so we're going to see that this year. And we're also going to see the powers that be because Saturn's involved snapping back and trying to like hold their power. So this year's struggle, you know, so you can expect um, advancements and then consequences or consequences and then innovation from within that. But it's Mm going to be like push, pull, um, backwards, forwards kind of uh, advancements because Saturn is the planet of time. And Uranus is like, I don't fucking time. I got to get out of here. And so when they form a square, the trouble is, we feel like we've already done the work. We feel like we've already put in the time and things aren't moving quick enough. And so what most humans do in frustration is we say, fuck it. They abandon it. Yeah. And so so being willing to be interested in the blocks in your personal life, in your professional life, in the world, and to be interested in those blocks as data and to treat that data with adaptability and flexibility so that you can make it work for you. You know, the dog is jumping over you. The job is, the dog is humping your arm. Bring the dog into the podcast. You know, it's like, it's that kind of adaptability that actually it doesn't, you don't have to reinvent the wheel necessarily, but it is instead of demanding things look a particular way. So we're back to attachment, right? You know, like instead of needing your guidance to come on the back of your neck, whatever it is, being open to it, showing up in a new way, which means being more of not letting go of control, but being more of a co-conspirator or a co-collaborator with your own will and the, and your circumstances. And I think that is where 
spiritually, interpersonally, professionally, et cetera, we are going to see um, the most flow and innovation. And, you know, I'm not a financial astrologer, but we're also going to see it in the economy, you know, with crypto and the economy being what it is and people not being able to work. Like we're going to see a lot of innovations hit the ground, try to run and then be stopped by the old guard. And so instead of being like, oh no, we're stopped or the, or progress got halted, be interested in the obstruction itself, because that's how you can dismantle the, the obstruction is by understanding it. And this takes us not going into like, you know, the, the kind of like uh, reactive defensiveness that most humans experience when our progress is stopped by external forces or internal forces, actually. But you know what I'm saying, right? So I think you're totally on point. And I think some people are going to have a lot easier time than others being innovative and adaptable. And, you know, it'll be what it is. But the more we do this together, the more community minded we are, uh, the better everything's going to flow. Doesn't mean without problems. Just better flow. The last dose. And that is that. And that is that. The words of Kevin Campbell. You know, tomorrow will bring better you, better me. We'll show this world we've got more we can be. And not to ever give up on your hopes and your dreams. You gotta get up and get up and get in the way and get it on to be strong. Every year they say the end is near, but we're still 